Kelly, you can come to the front so long, and Fritz. Um, as they come to the front, I think uh, some, some of you might remember, but when we just started to meet here, Adriano uh, was here, Adriano is here this morning again, but his father was involved in building this, um, this facility. And so it's nice to have the Italians speak in the Italian club, but about Jesus. <laughs> now, uh, um, and uh, I want to say thank you to you guys, really. Uh, just, uh, I don't know if everyone would, um, would have an appreciation for that in the larger Italian club, but the fact that God can be honored in this building. You know, we, we often say, hey, buildings aren't much, you know, it's... But it is still important. We need to gather in a facility. We need, you know, different things that helps us to live out our faith. And uh, so just to Adriana and you guys, thank you so much for uh, affording us the, the possibility, the potential to do this. Um, it blesses people. People, Sunday in, Sunday out, hearts are changed. There are people that are restored. Um, hopelessness are exchanged for hope and heartache and people that are far from Jesus, finding Jesus. Who would have thought? It wasn't just for Saturday chicken rice and Natalia will maybe tell a few stories, but also for, for the kingdom of God. So thank you so much. Fritz, over to you. Thanks, Ruan. It's lovely to have Natalia and Adriana here, two guys that are very close to my heart. And... Uh, so whatever your excuse is, if you're like an introvert or an extrovert, you, you don't have an excuse because you'll see I'm an introvert and he's an ultimate extrovert. So um, yesterday we were driving in the car with Adrian and Caitlin and then we had this whole discussion of introverts and extroverts. And I said at one stage, you don't, you don't understand, you're like, when I'm quiet, it's not, it's, it's not like nothing's going on. People look at an introvert, they think, guy's quiet, there's nothing going on. I'm saying, I've got this farm in my head and I'm like walking around. And when you talk to me, you pull me out of my farm, and now I've got to focus on you. So, like, you, I, I said, I've wondered if, if extroverts have farm or have a space in their head. Have they just, like, got a mouth that they talk with? So, but I believe they've got a place in their head that they go to. But it's, I, th I think it's smaller. It's like a room. <laughs> so, 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 introverts have got farms. So, and, and we don't share it easily. Like, you think, who am I going to invite? No, this guy is going to take away the piece of the farm. So... So I, I invite this guy, like, you think about it all the time, but the extroverts, they just, like, what they see in my room, I'm unpacking, and as they're doing, they're talking. So it's much nicer to listen to introvert, because you get everything with, with, uh, with an extrovert. With an introvert, you just get selected information. But I, I'm going to try and open up my farm this morning and just, like, uh, share some things. Uh, um, uh, maybe just the intro where I know Natalie from, and I think it's a, um, it's a story, you know, as a Christian, when we see God's hand moving in things, we... We pick up lines that started much earlier. So I was a 23-year-old Stellenbosch student who ran out of money, who had to go and play rugby in Italy to pay for my studies, and, and I got sent to Italy, and I was, uh, there's some stories that I can't tell. It's like the rawest youngster getting in, in Italy. And I, I, I got to know the Italians, and it's a complete opposite, you know, the, the Dutch-Afrikaans culture versus the Italian culture. And I think it changed my life. And, and the first point is God will use your circumstances. At that stage, I don't think I would call myself a Christian. But God can use all your circumstances before you were saved or whatever to, to weave this tapestry um, in life. So I got to know the Italians. And um, 
many years later, I came to Paul and started mountain biking. And, and these two Italians were cycling w with me. And I, the, what, what they would do is they would, whenever they talked something nasty or dirty, they would start talking Italian. And uh, then the other guys couldn't understand. <laughs> and luckily, my, my Italian vocabulary was very focused on that side of the vocabulary. Um, so I understood everything. And, and I would hear them. Um, and, and, I, and, I, and I got to know them very well, and I became very fond of them. And, and many years later, I was involved in, um, I can later tell my side of the story, but I was involved when, when Natalie gave his life to the Lord, and it was a privilege. But God used all these circumstances in that. <clears throat> and this morning, I think the, the aim of this whole chat is not, is not Natalie's story or Fritz's story or whoever. The aim is to, is we believe God is stirring evangelism. And there's a lot of things that prevent us from evangelizing. There's a lot of things that lies of the devil. Everyone's going to the same place. It's not that bad. Or you can't do it. Or you don't have a right telling people, you know, they must choose. But there's, a, there's, there's some truth that you'll hear this morning of ordinary people who um, their lies and their righteousness in their own sake definitely didn't qualify them. But who, found, uh, who needed a Savior and found a Savior. And that's the good news. And this morning the aim is to for each and every one of you to take something out of the story and, and, and my faith be stirred to say, geez, God can use anything, my history, my friendships, my connections, and, and also to take responsibility of you. I, I could never save Natalie, but God can. And, God, and Natalie couldn't save anyone, but God can through his words. And I think just to, to stir you on again this morning and, and that God's kingdom and his good news can be shared. So that's the aim of this this morning. So... Um, I think one of, one of the other things I just want to say, um, when we become Christians, and Andrew alluded to it yesterday, you know, and, and that's a challenge for, for us, when we walk with the Lord for three or four or five years, you know, it's, it's, you, know you don't like people swearing or being dirty or drinking too much, and you start, you start surrounding yourself only with Christians, and, and that's a problem because <laughs> you don't have anyone to evangelize. And I think one of the things is that... Um, that I, that I want to also this morning break is the liberty for us as Christians to love non-Christians. You know, when I was, I played rugby in the UK as well, and it was a big challenge because I got, I got saved then, and now I'm with these guys who are like cheating on their wives, and they're drinking excessive amounts, and like, how do you, like, how do you go about with this? And I, and I had someone walking with me, and he, he said to me, like, it's, it's not infectious, you know, you need to watch out that you, that you surround yourself with Christians, um, to, to keep your faith and, and be strengthened. But you need to go out with your, it's like your Afrikaans say, your fakkelfeer, daar blij jy warm, en your kachelfeer, is waar jy warm blij, en your fakkelfeer gaan jy uit. Jy kan nie net die hele tijd uitwees met your fakkel nie, dan gaan jy doodgaan, maar jy kan nie net die hele tijd by jou fakkel sit nie, ach, by jou kachel sit nie. Fakkel, kachel, is naam in mekaar. <laughs> but the point is, um, I think uh, one of the keys is, I like, I genuinely like and still like Natalia and Adriana, and, and it, it was maybe stirred because I had an understanding for the Italian community, I knew where they came from, um, and, and many of us have that, we, we are allowed to like unbelievers, if they, even if they do things that, we, that puts us off, even if they're cheating on their wives or they're drinking too much, find something to like in people, you're never going to lead someone to the Lord if you don't like them, they can smell it, they can feel it, and, and this morning I think, I hope it stirred you that that we as Christians, even though God has made you as clean as anything, um, you can still mix with unbelievers who are dirty in your eyes. Because you know what? In God's eyes, even if you're the cleanest Christian in your own, you are filthy. And that's something that we, we, we forget. We start looking clean and 
we think we're clean, uh, but we had liberty to love uh, all people. Okay, so over to, to Natali. He's going he's gonna, gonna to give his testimony, and then uh, when he's done, I'm going to ask him some questions, and we're going to open it up for some questions from him. Uh, so enjoy. Back in Natali. Morning, everybody. Um, this is my first time um, that I'm speaking and um, giving my testimony. But I first want to thank Ruan uh, Fritz for inviting me, for you guys accepting me in your family. Um, we are the bigger family. We Paul Family Church. It's just another name. We serve the same God. And I'm very thankful to be here this morning and being able to share my heart. And also for these friends of mine that have arrived that I never, ever expected to have support or anything. I just mentioned to them that I'm, Fritz asked me because we were friends and they just said, hey, we're coming to support you. And I promise you that hard feeling that you get when people love on you. And being Italian, being from the southern Italians, um, love is part of our culture and our DNA. And it's a wonderful feeling to, to feel loved. And this morning, walked in here, I felt exactly that. So excuse me if I'm a bit nervous, but I'm going to talk from my heart. Um, I just want to say something else. Um, I've got more than one Bible, and I haven't touched this Bible for a long time, but I'd made notes um, in the young saving days. And when I picked up this Bible, I knew I wrote dates in here. Um, being Roman Catholic, you didn't write in a Bible. The Bible was holy. You didn't make a note in a Bible. The Bible was in the cupboard, mostly collecting dust because it was too holy to open. Um, and, yeah, I took this Bible. My daughter's here this morning. I really appreciate it. And when I opened it, this was the photo I took out. So, um, I'm honored to have you here, my child. Um, anyway, guys, let me carry on. So, I think everybody wants to hear the story. Um, I grew up Roman Catholic, and um, I really believed and trusted in God. And I grew up with a grandmother that continuously prayed for me. I was a little bit naughty um, and rough. Uh, always wanted to be on a motorbike. Always wanted a gun on my shoulder growing up. Always wanted to be in the bush. And... Um, growing up in a culture like that where you were prayed upon and your grandmother, my mother, we did the epic together. We were about 20 guys from Paul and all I heard from my mom, oh my son, must you do such crazy things? I'm praying for you, I'm praying for you. So I always believed that um, listening to other Christians from different religions, I always believed that I'm just as good as them. I also love God, but I didn't know God. And um, Fritz came one day and invited me. Um, I was on a hunt for 16 years with a bunch of guys, and we hunted together for 16 years. Something went wrong. There was an argument, and the hunting group uh, unfortunately broke up. This told Fritz the story once, and he invited me. And um, that was the start of the journey. I got on my, I, I got to this farm. Um, he spoke about a farm and an introvert and an extrovert. I believe us extroverts have got lots of farms. So <laughs> we've got place for everybody. Uh, and we don't mind sharing. So, 
So um, we, we get to this beautiful Karoo farm, and um, it was Fritz, it was Herbert, those that know Herbert, another giant. So when I'm amongst the two of them, um, I feel like this, <laughs> and I'm looking up at the mountains. And uh, yeah, so I get to this hunt, and it's, I know now, I always called it my church hunt, because I knew Louis and uh, the, um, his twin brother, is Chris, he's a pastor, so I knew this is going to be a nice, relaxed hunt. I'm going to have to watch my words, check what I'm doing, because I don't want to sound too Roman Catholic. Anyway, um, so we get to the first morning, and I'll never forget it. Um, we walked outside. There's like a boma. If I can explain it, there's a lot of, sorry for the people that don't like hunting, but there was a lot of kudu horns. And if you're ever a hunter, you want to shoot one of those, with those big horns. And there was a lot of them. And we sat outside, and um, I might have my story slightly wrong, but Herbert had a Bible in his hands. And we sat down, and they said, before we go out, let's pray. And each one started praying, and then I realized, oh, Sherbert, sure, I'm going to have to join in here somewhere because everybody's saying a prayer. And I remember Herbert praying and thanking God for the little things that rock with a little bug for the lizard and just mentioning the beauty of his creation. And like I said earlier on, I love the outdoors. I love all my farms. And I was, something touched me. And then Fritz prayed, and I knew I started sweating. I thought, sure, but somewhere this guy's going to have to pull out words like that. I've never prayed in front of anybody. Um, the, the, being in church, it's easy to pray because you're all saying that our Father together, Roman Catholic Church, you have to say the Hail Mary. <coughs> if you've sinned, you're saying it a lot of times. So <coughs> after confession, I normally had a list of prayers I had to do to be forgiven. <laughs> so it was daunting on me and um, I think I did pray I can't remember but knowing being part of the team I most probably would have said a prayer and I remember feeling getting up there and knowing this is going to be an awesome three days <clears throat> with a bunch of awesome guys and it was I got back and I testified to my wife. I said, lovey, this was the best hunt I've ever... Forget about the hunting and the shooting. It was that light that they gave off. And I said, I wanted a piece of this. I'm honest. I wanted a piece of this. I wanted to know more. Anyway, another year went by. And I was invited again. So excited. Got back. The weather was cold. We sat inside. And... Herbert took out a Bible, and we prayed. It was still very dark the morning, and we prayed. And we prayed after the hunt, thanking God before we left. And I knew I wanted more of this. And on the third year, I remember Chris being a pastor. He used to hammer me a little bit. So, how's your walk? What are you doing? 
Are you praying? Are you reading the Bible? Hey, I'm Roman Catholic. I'm, I'm okay. Don't worry. I'm okay. I love God. I'm just, I'm just as good as you. I love God. And I remember driving down on the third year. We were driving, driving down this hill, quite a bad hill. We had a four-by-four, four and it was quite bumpy. And it was just myself and Chris in the back of the, of the bucky. And he asked me the same question, exactly the same question. And I knew I couldn't give him the answer he's looking for. But the hunger was here. Anyway, Fritz um, and Louis decided, he asked me, listen, would I be interested to come and sit with him on a Wednesday night and just have a question and answer? He, he reckons I've got a lot that I've got on my heart and they feel they want to spend some time with me. And these two gentlemen gave up family time, they gave up their personal time to be on a Wednesday night to talk to me. And, um, well, Fritz can be a, he, he'll know the amount of questions I asked. I trust, I was always worried of getting into this cult where we're all going to go into a room and uh, everybody's stealing our money, and the, the churches, these, these fancy, happy, clappy churches, this, this. Anyway, I asked him a lot of questions, but something was burning all the time. Something was continuously burning inside me. And just to cut the long story short, it started there. They showed me the light. I asked the question. I asked lots of questions, and every time they would answer it, open the Bible, Eventually, it got to a point where they said, start small. Start small. Open up a Bible and just start reading. And I did that. I got home, get up in the morning, and I remember going to sit down. We actually lived on a farm at the time. And um, I would read the Bible. And in the beginning, you understand me. You read the words, but, you know, it's not, it's not there. I said, no, okay, let's start. How do we do this? God, you've got to talk to me. So let me just open the Bible and your words will talk to me. And the words didn't always talk to me. But when they needed to talk to me, they, it spoke to me. And then I would say, ah, this is just by chance. This is by chance. No, God, this is by chance. Can it be? And then... Eventually, I said to Fritz, Fritz, how do I get into the Bible? And he gave me a Bible reading plan. And I started following the Bible reading plan. And I, I learned that there's more than one translation of the Bible. You get the, I didn't know that. Okay, so there's a, he said there's Bibles with beautiful explanations. And so that's where my walk started. And for more than a year, I was always late with my type of business that I'm in. I was always late for that meeting, and I would so wish they would cancel it a lot of times. But because they were there for me, I would not miss it. So because they were there for me, I would not miss it. It's like going on a cycle ride. If you go alone, it's difficult to get up. If there's two Mikeys waiting for you, you get up. And that's exactly what the, these two guys did. So... <coughs> um, <laughs> I... I learned more every day, and of course the next thing they said to me is, you need 
to get into a church. But I said, I am in a church. Yeah, get into a church. Go around. God will take you where you need to go. And He will open up your heart and He'll show you where you need to be. Anyway, um, I went to um, Church on the Rock because of the epic. We were invited to, to be there on the Sunday um, where uh, um, Pastor Mark wanted a lot of us there uh, just, to, just to thank God for, for an amazing time we had together and just the blessing of being able to do something so amazing. And um, it was okay. And then, then I, I, I knew um, a friend of ours was in Paul Family Church, and it was at Boys Primary. By that stage, I believed I've given my heart to, to God, to the Lord. And, but I wasn't sure because now I'm almost like Nicodemus that wanted to know, but how can you be reborn? You know, I can't go back into my mother's womb. So the understanding wasn't totally there. We only had one Wednesday, and we had an hour on a Wednesday, I think it was. Hey, Fritz? Yeah, we spent two hours. Yeah, with me, it's two hours. Hey? With me, it's two hours. Okay. Anyway, we landed up going to uh, ask Arthur and listen, can, can I sit next to you? Can I join you? We want to be in. And my daughter and my wife, which are sitting here, um, came with us, with me, and we went to church. And the church was quite full. I think we sat further back. And I remember watching the, the band start playing. I love music. And I thought, wow. The worship started. And I remember Arden saying to me, excuse the long singing to God because, you know, this, it can take long. And he doesn't really enjoy the long. He wishes the sermon would start earlier. I remember standing there watching everybody um, seeing Peter that hadn't paid me for two months, seeing John, which did this, and think, yeah, that guy's hands are up in the air. My gosh, I'm, I'm in the wrong place. <laughs> okay, so here I am, standing in the church. Instead of enjoying what's going on, I was standing there judging, watching everybody else, judging in my mind and in my heart, yeah, Hey, oh, mm, hands up in the air, yeah. But you did this, you did that. Meantime, yes, Natale, exactly the same as everybody else. I thought, yeah, now I must put up my hands. What is Peter behind me going to say? That, yes, Natale, you put up my TV, but it's skew. And you, or you charge me too much. Or, so my mind, what Ron was saying, your mind is everywhere but with God. And that was my first experience. And when, when, when it ended, Brent came off the stage and he walked straight to me. And he said to me, hey, I know you. You're the guy from the TV shop. Oh, okay. Hi. Hi, Brent. Nice to meet you. Yeah, I'm also half Italian. Chat, chat, chat. He says, what? It's your first time. I said, yeah. I said, no. How was it? I said, no, it was amazing. <clears throat> yeah, it was amazing. <laughs> um, anyway, we walked out. And by the time I got to my beautiful wife there outside, she'd already said yes to the first life group meeting that we had, okay? Somebody had already invited and said, listen, yeah, you must come to life group. You and Natale come join us. And it was at Brent's house. It was, yeah. It was at Brent's house. And um, so who am I to argue against my wife? I'm going with. So 
I thought, okay, now what's this going to be? Anyway, we get there, and I further, my, by, that time, by that stage, um, they felt it was time to release me and let, let me walk my road where I land up being. And they okayed Paul Family Church, and they said, listen, you're okay there, you, you know? You're okay there, don't worry. Um, if you feel happy, and there was, there really was, uh, uh, even with all those thoughts, it felt the worship, the music, the guys putting up their hands, even looking at that, I still wanted to be those people. And uh, about the, th- yeah, we went to life group, and my walk started over again. There I asked proper questions and wanted to hear. So eventually I questioned my saving. Did I really accept Jesus as my savior? Because they showed some videos and there was just people that had been saved for a long time. So here comes the appy. I'm asking. Eventually Brent says to me, listen, Natale, I tell you what, meet me at my office tomorrow morning at 10 o'clock, and we're going to just chat this, me and you personally together. I went to his office the next morning, and he said to me, when we finished, you're going to go write, you got a Bible. I said, yes, he says, you're going to write in your Bible the day today. I'm your witness. You're going to say the savings prayer, and then you can write that date down. You are saved, but I'll just do it again with you, okay, seeing that you are not trusting, I'm going to do it again with you, and you write down that date. And I wrote down that date. It was the 5th of June, 2013. And um, I sat at work a month earlier. I went through that this morning because I couldn't remember which way I went first. And I sat there, and I was in my office and Fritz would send me, Brian, yeah, he, he said, I'm going to send you his teachings, just read through it, and that morning, it, it's once you get saved, you need to get baptized, so they started talking to me about baptism, so that was another struggle for me, I mean, I was baptized, now I must get baptized again, and I struggled with that, and eventually, that reading that day, I'll never, sitting in my office, I sat there, And it was like, I picked up the phone and I phoned Chris. And I said, Chris, you're a pastor. I want to get baptized. So he said, he's going to phone me back. He's going to give me a date. He gave me a date on the 1st of May. The 1st of May was a public holiday. It's my birthday. Okay, so it was a public holiday. I didn't ask him for that date. He gave it to me. So I told my family and my daughter, hands up. She's coming with. She wants to be baptized there as well. Amen. So the two of us got baptized together. And then I went with the next point was with, with um, Brent. And um, from then on, God just started working with me. And I knew there was a date. It was funny how by writing it down, I changed things for me. And... Um, the next time, about three, four services later, maybe longer, I don't know, but I remember landing up, sitting just behind Herbert. Now, those who know Herbert, I'm small, Herbert's 
shoulders are like, like this. And um, this big guy in front of me was worshipping. And the next thing I know, his hands are up in the air. And he's worshipping, worshipping. And I'm sweating because I want to lift my hands up. I really do. But I'm shy. And I'm thinking. And my head's everywhere. And I know that I've phoned Fritz lots of times asking questions. Fritz. He said, okay, you know, do you put up your hands? What do you do? Anyway, I eventually got over all that. I went, the first time I put up my hands, it was so liberating. I could go down on my knees. I could praise God. And everything, all the chains started breaking. And, you know, the most amazing thing was um, my mother got sick with cancer, and my father was really struggling to look after her. And they decided to come live by us. And um, they lived with us for eight months. Um, my mother st- still passed on. But God took me through this most amazing revelation. And he knows exactly who you are. He created you. So he took my heart and he made me look at my beautiful wife. Uh, she was serving my mother that was so sick. And um, God took me and said to me, do you see what a bride I've given you? Do you see the love I have for you? And he made me see things through my wife that I've, I was married to her. I don't know what the time was. If it's 2013, you've got to do the dates and the sums. So we married 27 years and, and today... And he started with her because he knows my heart. Like I said, we're Italian, we're emotional, uh, we cry easy, we (laughs) cry easy. Um, And I was struggling with so many stuff in my head. And he started with the most precious person he gave me. And he showed me how much love she has. And I said, I just saw her from a different it was the biggest revelation for me to, to see and understand her heart and knowing that he says in his word, you become one. I've, it, it was the first thing that was repaired in my heart, that she's my everything. God first, then her, which also I didn't understand when Fritz used to tell me, he doesn't worry about Nelica at all. He knows she loves Jesus if she loves Jesus, he's safe. If she loves Jesus first, she's not going to do anything wrong. He's safe. So anyway, I just, I just, I just loved on her, and I couldn't believe what, how blessed I am to have somebody so special next to my side. And she carried, and then we started talking. Our, 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 our love language changed, and she would tell me how many times she prayed for me and would pray for us as a family. And God was there all the time. Even when I was not saved, I know. I prayed many times. I was um, in my workshop till 12 o'clock at night fixing up TVs and tough times. And how God would come through for me. I would pray, God, I need to find this fault. I've been working on this TV three weeks in a row. I don't know where this fault is. The client is. And a minute later, I would touch something and I would find the fault. And I would know it was him, but I wasn't saved. The difference came in 
when I accepted Jesus as my Savior. He changed my life totally. And was it easy? No ways. No ways. Like I said, it started with her, and our lives changed. Our lives totally, totally changed. We, I, I started to surrender. I, I opened my heart more and more. I got involved. I, loved, I got involved in men's. I loved being in our church. And in the beginning, God, every time Brent had a sermon, there was an altar call, flip. He's talking to me again. So I was basically more up in front in the beginning, first year, than, than I'm sure the people thought, yeah, this guy, I'm, everything's wrong with him. Because whenever there was an altar call, I knew God was talking to me. But it was the surrender that made the difference. It was really the surrender that made the difference. And um, I was, when I was baptized, um, I was baptized in the Holy Spirit afterwards, which I think is a key, key part of your walk. And again, I wasn't sure what this was about. Again, I went to Brent. So I got baptized in the Holy Spirit by Chris and Fritz and everybody. And um, I, I heard the tongue speaking and all that. And it was very, very daunting. Now, again, I went to Brent. Again, I shared my heart with Brent. And Brent said, um, Dennis was still with. They took me to a room in his house where it was quiet. And again, I was prayed for. And again, baptized in the Holy Spirit. And... That night, the Holy Spirit touched me. And it, I actually thought it was Dennis blowing me with his mouth like this on my neck. And I said, okay, now there's a window. And when, they, when my feet started burning and my knees started shaking, I knew something's happening here which I don't understand what. And then I turned around to see the window. There was no window behind me. And there was a window in the front. So... The Holy Spirit touched me that night, and um, it's always daunting in the beginning, but it was amazing. The, the joy, the, the, the peace, just, just His presence is, was, was amazing. And the next day, I was driving to Hermanus for work, and I was alone in my vehicle, and I was going up Franschuk Pass. And I don't know if you people know where, where they collect water. I just passed that, that section, and um, I don't know what, if I didn't often have the radio on, or if I was listening to worship music, I just remember getting a vision, and I remember just on the right, there's a path that twirls up like that to the top of the mountain, and I don't know, I don't know, it was, I got this vision, and it showed me in the front, and it looked like I was basically walking, but fly walking. And I had my wife's hand, she had my son's hand, and my son had my daughter's hand. So we were four in a line, and God was showing me, he's got this. He's got my family, and he's taking me up the mountain. And I burst out alone in the car, and I cried. I had to stop. I couldn't drive any further. I phoned phoned my wife immediately because I needed to share this with somebody. I'd never had a vision, 
And it was the first vision God gave me. And um, <laughs> I still hold on to that today. I know he's got me. He's got my family immaterial of what goes on around me. He showed me that vision that, that year, 2013, and I know that it's, it's, it's still like that. And oh, so God took me from there to the next, to the next, to the next. And all I can say this morning is just to end off, I could stand here for hours, miracle upon miracle. And it's so strange. God doesn't do big things with me, but he shows me all the small things. Because it's like he knows that those small things is what matters. And the big things are there. But in my work, in when I'm struggling, when I, it's the small things in the day that happen daily that he reminds me of his goodness, of his grace, of his love, of his caring. And the, the older I'm getting, that I was 45 when I got saved, the older I'm getting, the more I realize how amazing, amazing God we serve. And I want to say to anybody here, if you are just wondering or you're not on the page or you're still thinking about it, take Jesus as your Savior. It's good. He will change your life. He will change your life. And, he, and it doesn't mean that you can't be naughty. Like Fred said, we are dirty. You can think you're righteous. Man, just, just go back to the Old Testament all the way through to Revelations. He's going to come on a cloud and he's going to come and save us. But you must make that choice. Because if you don't make that choice, you're going to be left behind. And we actually doing revelations at the moment. And I just want to say, he is an amazing, loving dad and father. And oh, he's changed my life. And the great thing was, not my mom or my dad ever were disappointed and upset because we changed church. Nothing. He just said, so long you're serving God, and it's not a funny God you're serving, so long you're serving God, so long you're going to church, my son. So long you're somewhere that you feel happy. Just, it's fine with us. Because that was also like a, you know, you don't want to disappoint your parents, even though I was 45, but you don't want to disappoint your parents. So, yeah, just want to say, um, he is good and, and make yourself available. That's all I'm saying. Thanks, Natalia. Thanks, Natalia. It's lovely, lovely to hear you sharing. Um, but we just want to drill into your head a bit more into your heart. <laughs> so, I think one of the nicest things uh, of, of your story, and, and I knew it all along, is, uh, is there were many people involved. So it's like a, maybe you were that, it took a lot of people to get you saved. <laughs> uh, no, I'm just joking. Um, I think that that's one of the principles. There's always a lot of people. So one of the people that I think is key in his salvation would be his wife, Tanya. I know she prayed for him for a long time. Um, so, and, and I think that's the thing. You know, you never know. You know, someone might have just said something. You know, we all played a part and God used it for, a, a, you know, for your salvation in the end. 
Um, but I think just from, from us, for, for believers, is I want to also just go from this, this stance of how uh, uh, we saw it, and, you know, my other story. So one of the things when, when I invite, I was, as I said, I always liked Natali, whether he was saved or not. And I think I knew it was going to be lucky to have him on the hunt, whether he was getting saved or not. But I, but I, but I knew it was good for him because I, I really trust that, that following the Lord is the best we've got for our lives. And I think that thing was settled in my heart. And I think if you doubt that, you're not going to lead people to God. And I also trust, I also knew the truth of, of it, the eternal effect of this. So I didn't have doubt about whether there's a heaven or, or hell. I knew people, um, with, with their decisions on earth to follow Jesus would make that difference. And, but one of the difficult things that sometimes you feel so helpless, you know, you've got family members or friends, <clears throat> they're nice people, you like them, you want the best for them, but just somehow this guy doesn't see it. And, and one of the things that Natalie drove up with me, and, and I shared my faith. And I remember one of the things that, that he said initially when we, we were driving. He said, yeah, but Fritz, you've got faith. I, I don't have faith. And it was like, almost like he'd accepted a lie that, you know, some people are born with faith. They're born like good people. And, um, and, and you know, it's, it's so far. Look, look what he's done. And, you know, he can't get in there. And I think one of the things that, you, you know, if you knew me at school, you would, um, uh, you, or younger, you would, you would see it took a lot of faith to get me saved. I was, I was like really bad news. And um, I, I smoked Dacha, I think, when I was 14 the first time. So that's how bad it was. And um, so, so then you become an elder in the past, and people, and you, be, you, you get saved for 20 years, and people just think you were that way. So I think that, and then, and then you just forget how far, and, and, and just to, to pick his mind. So Natalia was, was driving when he said, you've got, it was almost like, that's for you, I can't get there. And being a Christian, you know, the only thing to get there is to accept Jesus. It sounds so easy, but the person seeing this mountain of sin and this, this distance from God, and that's the good news. There's reconciliation. There's a way to cross that, that gap. Which, if you stand on the other side and you're not saved, you think there's no way I can get to God with this life. So, um, and I think that's where all the people came in, where, where Tanya prayed, and I'm sure you, a lot of people prayed for you. So that's the first thing, is to, is to understand that that distance um, and the revelation on the other side, for the person that's not saved, can never be convinced by yourself. You can, God is the only one that can do that. And that takes a bit of the pressure off, because I knew... I couldn't convince Natalia. I could share with him, um, and um, and what what we did is I saw I saw him sort of migrate, and I saw him saying he wanted to do it. And, and on the third year, I remember asking him and looking. And I, I could see. I think Andrew spoke about it yesterday. He says if you if you if you try and pick fruit that's not ripe, you know you try and pull and it's, it doesn't come off the tree. And that was that's what happened if if you try and evangelize by yourself. If you try and save people who you think are nice people you like. And, and God hasn't worked in their heart. You know, it's sort of, they resisted. And I could see Natalia was, was ripe. Um, and, but then you still need to pick it. If, if the ripe fruit hangs on the, the tree and no one picks it, it eventually falls to the ground. And um, I think one other, I started seeing that. And I think that's the key that I also want to leave with us. Look for ripe fruit. Trust God for ripe fruit. Form relationships with unbelievers and, and pray for them and trust God for ripe fruit. And I think the, the, I remember asking him on the third year, because the second year Chris spoke to him, he said he was going to change his life. And I remember in the third year, nothing had changed. And, and, and I want to say, some people said, are you going with, hunting with Natalie? 
are you crazy? That guy swears like anything. He went like, you know, people didn't see it. You know, they just looked at how he was. And, um, and I remember the third year, I, I, I said to him, um, he, he spoke of how he spoke to Chris again. And I, I said to him, remember you said that last year you're going to change your life? And he said, yes. I said, it's a year later now. Has anything changed? He said, no. I said, you know what's going to happen next year? He says, I says nothing's going to change again. I said, do you want to come have some, you know, have to spend time with us? And I just trusted that, you know, if we, if, uh, we, we did, I think we did a one-to-one booklet with you. And we, we started praying that, I think it was about the third or session or so, and we, we spoke about, you know, surrender. And, and, and the steps that he spoke about was, I think this, the second time with Brent, if I have to summons now, it was assurance of salvation. I, I think he had been saved, but he didn't know it. You know, it's still difficult to believe, like, actually. And I remember the first time when, when we were having a session with him, we, we spoke about salvation, and he said, I don't think I'm saved. I remember there was a conviction, but that comes from God again. It wasn't, we couldn't convict you. We spent time with you, and, and we, we did that. So, so yeah, there's, there's some words. Now I want to ask you, I've, I've sent him some, because the first one is, um, what, what you, you alluded a bit to the, um, in, in, your, in your testimony, but what was things that made it easy, and in what way did Christians help to be the light and the salt, and in and, and what ways did people um, hinder you, and what was not helpful in terms of Christian, the Christian community around you, in terms of their behavior? What was helpful behavior? I heard some things in the hunting trip that was helpful, and what was not helpful? Um, growing up at school, um, I'm going to go back um, as Roman Catholic, uh, I was first in Courtrest School, and then I went to, to boys, uh, boys primary, and then boys high. And um, there was a stigma if you were English, English-speaking, because I'm not English, but my mom grew up in Cape Town, so we, I spoke of um, my first language was Italian, and then I spoke Afrikaans, till, and I went to Afrikaans class till about standard two. And then I swapped, my, my mom couldn't help me anymore with homework with the Afrikaans because she was more English speaking from being from Seapoint. And um, at Boys High, um, I've got a bit of a fighting spirit inside me. So um, we used to have, <laughs> we used to have a Roy Neket in Iburos, Hamakano, Lekker, we're going to collect each other. So break times, we, we, we boxed a bit and. And uh, the Buddha, of course, were always bigger and uh, so you had to really fight your way through. And then the teachers used to um, tell you that you're a non-believer, being a Roman Catholic. So you build a fighting spirit in, in, inside you and you say, you don't know what you're talking about. So you, you grow. I grew in the Roman Catholic Church. I even served church. I loved God, I loved being an altar boy, especially with the sweet wine afterwards that we used to zuck and steal a little bit. Because it was blessed, it's good for you, right? So, <laughs> anyway, so, <laughs> we always had the leftovers. So, anyway, um, and wanting these Christians, which are supposed to be Christians, and having that fighting spirit, it hindered, I didn't trust it, because if they were such Christians, they would have accepted us as normal kids, like the Jewish 
kids had to sit outside of class when we had Bible study. And stuff like that used to bother me. And being, having a fighting spirit in me, I, I rebelled against it, if you want to say. So when they're loving on me, um, it, it was like daunting because I, why didn't it happen when I was at school? Why, 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 why weren't we all accepted? And why didn't they drive what they're teaching me? Why didn't they drive that in us instead of pushing us away or telling you, yeah, but you're praying to Mary? 100% right. But um, just the way it was done, now you wanting to love on me and you telling me that you're serving a God that loves. I'm also serving that God that loves, but you guys aren't doing it the right way. So it was my, that was really a hint. I believe it was, it was a, a, that kept me from just letting go because I didn't trust it. Because if you love people, you go out there and you love on them like they did. They loved on me. They gave up their personal time. And I didn't, hey guys, why are you doing this for me? And it, that was really a hinder for me. Yeah, I think, the, I think that was a challenge as a, as a young Christian as well, feeling that, you know, people are doing wrong things. You have to now tell them it's wrong. It's almost like you have to convict them as, of sin. And, and, I th- and the gospel is good news. So the gospel is good news that people can be reconciled to God through Jesus. But um, as, as Christians, we don't have the responsibility to, to convict non-believers of their sin. Uh, there is a responsibility of Christians to, when we walk in church with brothers and sisters who are saved and who are children of God, to address sin in their lives and say, listen, my brother, you know, if someone sins against you or is living in sin and is not representing God. But, uh, but I always say, an unbeliever swearing and drinking, he's actually just acting according to his nature. So it's, it's not our job. So yeah, um, that makes a lot of sense. So um, the other question I had, when was, but so so. So you, I agree with you 100%. We settle that. We, we as Christians don't have to convict non-believers of this sin. But when was there a moment where you as a non-believer got convicted, I've got to repent, I've got to change something? And when was that moment? Well, I testified about a lot of stuff, um, especially, especially the, um, the love God showed me that I had by my side, my bride, and um, my son was 13, and um, he came to me, um, I believe he was already walking a road, and he used to sit and read the Bible in the mornings before school, and um, which was a very big example for me, and then... Um, I got off a phone call with my brother. I was standing outside in the farm, and we two booties can fight, okay, in language, not, not, not physical, but in language. We, we argued a lot in business, and my son came to me, and I think it must have taken a lot of guts, and he said to me, Papa, have you listened to yourself? What are you talking about? And he said to me, your language. Have you heard what you sound like? And <laughs> it was a terrible feeling as a dad when your son comes to you and, and points out something. And it was, it was, I believe, 
that was a start of something inside me that wanted me to be different to the way my father was with us. I didn't grow up in a, I grew up in an amazing home. A mom and dad that loved, my mom's Sicilian, I tell you any cuss to it, that's my mom, okay? She's as wide as what she was tall, and um, food was her life. And they just loved us. The, um, the, uh, the doors were always open to everybody. If you walked into my mom's house, the first thing she's going to ask you, what do you want to eat? And um, so I never heard my dad swear. The first time I heard my dad swear is when I started working with him. I was older than 18. He got crossed with one of the guys at work um, he, or at his own workshop. And um, it was strange to hear that. Yeah, i am got a son that's 13, been living with me for 13 years, and he's disgusted in his dad's language. So something started then, to be very honest, in me. I stopped swearing immediately. took a while, but I started walking that walk to stop swearing and stop talking like that. And then going on with that, seeing, <laughs> seeing what it's like to first praise God before you start hunting, thanking Him seeing the light that all the gentlemen that, were at, that are on that, are still today on that hunt, to see how they did things. And it didn't mean that Fritz didn't say a fluke word weer, or Herbert didn't say a fluke word weer. We're all human. And your thoughts, you might as well say it if you're thinking it. So that, that, <laughs> that, that love and that caring that they had for God always first, is what wanted me to have what they have. It, it really pushed me. So I believe the seed was planted by the way they were in front of me. And I knew when something happened and they said something, it was just different. It was different to what I am. And yeah, that, was, that would be it. Awesome, thanks. And then um, last question. I, I had the privilege to baptize Laura uh, that day in our pool, so it was an amazing privilege. And um, so, so there's been a huge effect on your on your your family as well. Maybe you can just you, you've you've alluded a bit, but what was the change when you got home? you after the first hunt, or after after you changed. What was the what what's, what was the response you got at home, and what what was you think the effect on your on your family of your actions? Okay, well, I have to ask my daughter that, but I, I believe um, I was cross, quiet, all the time. Um, I was in a hell of a fighting spirit, running my own business, trying to, trying to survive, um, feeding, looking after my family, um, being the sole provider. Um, we made a decision after our son was born that she, my wife would stop working and that I would be the one doing what I need to do. And she would look after the kids and make sure that she's at the sport days and being the mom and being everything with them. And having a mom at home, I grew up like that. I think it's the biggest blessing you can have is to have your mom at home. And... Um, my brother um, saying to you, I believe, something's changed in my boot. I don't know what's wrong with him. Um, 
and my children. Um, my son saying to me, and Laura, or through their mom, if I recall, they would say that, yo, Papa's not so aggressive anymore. I didn't see myself being aggressive. So I thought I'm an awesome dad. I love my kids. I love them. I love on them. But there's a difference. When, God, when Jesus comes and lives in your heart, he changes you. He makes you that new person that the word says. He makes you a new person. You might not know it, but the people around you see it. My staff started saying it. Um, people around me started saying things. And when you hear it, you start looking back. My wife telling me, folks, you've calmed down so much. You're really not as aggressive. What I mean by aggressive is not that I'm hitting or it's just that the bluxeming all the time. Excuse me for that word, but that's, that's, that's a, the best explanation I can give you. Awesome. Okay, um, before, I, before I finish off, is there any, uh, I'm going to give one, one question from the, from the audience if, you, if there's a question. Hey? A question. Brother, that time actually said that um, my brother Natalia, I think he's now a preacher. <laughs> so people saw the change. No, Natalia, thank you very much. And uh, yeah, may God bless you and, and may your, your journey continue. Uh, it's, it's, it's a journey. It's not a destination. And we're walking with God and may, may he bless other people through you. You, you were and are already a blessing with, through your generosity and, and God's going to just use your your abilities, and just who you are in a, in a special way in your community. So, yeah, thank you very much. Let's just give him a hand. Sorry, Ed. Uh, Natalia, I think, um, uh, you know, you mentioned about uh, this morning being the first time you share your testimony. So, but I, I think something for us that we trust in God for is that, um, the good news will go through us into this valley, and I hope you've seen that it's 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 that people get discipled, they start following Jesus in our church, even in another church. That's that we build the kingdom of God, um, and so that there's something out, we're trusting for more of that in our midst. But I think that there's something you know the two-way street, and that God wants to to take you s steps forward even in that, that you're sharing, not just your own message, you know, of how you got born again, but messages of God. You know, you had one vision there, but that there would be more vision, uh, and that He would use you together, even as a family, and, and, and to, to, to bless people and to bring them into the kingdom. So we're going to pray for you, but then I want to ask if you can pray for us. And trust God that that's... I just want to add to this. Um, I don't know why God's stirring it. I looked at my wife and I remembered. I can't remember if you were with when we went to Worcester. <laughs> okay. Just to add on this, um, we were at a, um, a, 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 a decent clear. I was invited with Louis and them, and we went through to Worcester to go, to go listen to him. And um, <laughs> he, we spoke about it this morning. He stopped the whole sermon and 
he pointed at me and um, he said to me, God's telling me, you Peter, the rock, you're going to be a fisher of men. And I'm saying this not out of pride, out of anything, because all glory is, is God's. We sang it this morning. I just think I need to mention this. This is the first time I speak. It's been plus minus five years ago, roughly, that that, that was spoken over my life. And um, my wife this morning was telling me, yeah, just, just throw the net on the other side. Yeah. You know, just throw the net on the other side. And... God will fill it, and that's exactly what it is. So I just want to testify on that as well. Um, this is the first time I say a testimony, but it's not about me. It's about him, and let's just throw the net in the other side. And if it's Paul, if it's Malpos, if it's South Africa, if it's the world, I do feel that there's an awakening. Yeah. If you look at what's going on, um, the beautiful sermon I listened to the other day at our church last week, with this COVID, enemy is attacked. Just before that, there was revival in America, all over the world. And I believe we just need to throw our net on the other side. God will fill it. And who did we preach about last week? Peter. <laughs> so, Lord, as we stand here, Lord, we want to thank you for Natalie's life. Thank you for... The work that you do, Lord, and he represents us. He represents each and every person that you want to call to be a fisher of men. That you want to call to walk on water. That you want to call into a lifelong journey to walk with Jesus. And uh, Father, we want to bless him and their family in the name of Jesus. And I pray, Lord, that this would be the first of many. We pray, Lord, that this would be a, a, a catalyzing moment in their lives, Lord, and that by your Spirit you would use them. By your Spirit, Lord, that you would fulfill the word that you've spoken over them. And I pray, Lord, for that vision that the whole family, in whatever way you want to use them, Lord, would move up the, the mountain, if you will, Lord, uh, and walk with you and be a symbol of love, a declaration of your love in many people's lives. In the name of Jesus, we bless them, Lord, and we thank you for your goodness. Yeah, Lord, I'm just even reminded of, of Natalie's name, which means Christmas, the, 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 the birth, uh, when we celebrate Jesus' birth, and, and even his brother's name, Salvatore, which means the Savior, which also points to Jesus, Lord, and I pray that both brothers will, will get to know you, and uh, may you just move mightily through to the Kanya family in Jesus' name. Our Father, I just come to you this morning, Lord, all praise and honor is yours, Lord. Father, that's, you are number one. You are the I am, Father. You're just an awesome God, Lord, and we worship you, Father, this morning. Father, I just want to pray for this church here this morning, for this family, Lord, uh, for the opportunity to just, uh, just play blessing over them. To, uh, uh, for all the families here, Lord, all the children this morning, so beautiful. Father God, you know my heart is crazy about kids. And it was so beautiful, Lord, to just see how at such a young age they're already just serving you, Lord. I just pray that that seeds that are planted will grow, Father, and that there will be amazing, amazing um, big healthy trees coming out of this family, Father. And Father, as, as we pray this morning, we pray that that net that we throw, Father, that, 
that, we'll, that you'll fill it, Lord, that you'll fill it with your spirit, that you'll touch people's lives, Father, that you'll, oh, Father, that you'll just show us how amazing it is just to have our faith and love in you, Father. And Father, we can't do this without Jesus, and we pray this in, he, in his awesome name. Amen. Amen. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.